Hi, this is May. And I'm Joy. Welcome to the QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. May and I are friends, writers, and creatives who want to share our endeavors out loud. On this podcast, we're here to encourage each other, and you too, and share tools we've discovered or made up, so you can follow your passions with a little support. So grab your tea, or your coffee, and let's get started. everyone. It's another week. Hello and welcome. Today we're going to be talking about passion to paycheck, keeping the love when your creative passion becomes a career. (laughs) But first we're going to talk about our creative weeks. Joy, what did you do? Okay, so this past week um, I got to critique a book for one of my critique partners, another critique partner, Um, and it was fantastic. I love reading this stuff before it's, you know, out in the world. It's a pretty special deal. Plus, as you guys probably know, I do like to critique and it was just so much fun to be able to do that and to find some creative ideas and solutions to um, some little holes here and there, uh, different things about how to make characters stand out more. And then she actually went ahead and entered the, um, if if you're familiar with Twitter or things like that, they do have these different pitches. And so it's like certain days throughout the year where you can pitch your manuscript and agents are on the lookout. They've got their eyes peeled and they're looking for that hashtag. And so she did the, um, it was hashtag SFF pit. So science fiction and fantasy pitch. And so I got to critique some of her pitches for her and cheer her on during the day. So super exciting times. And May, what did you do this past week? Well, this past week was my birthday. So there was actually a little bit of creativity in there because, well, first of all, it's a pandemic. And second of all, I am doing like the six week nutrition thing. So I can't have cake or macaroni and cheese, which is it's pretty much the three things that I want on my birthday. So my poor heart. <laughs> Ouch. I know. <laughs> I know, but I survived. It was actually really good. So my husband got creative this week, so I'm gonna share that too, my husband and my kids. So they talked about it. Like Brent, he had a conversation with the kids and included them in this. Like, since mom is doing this special eating, what are we gonna be able to do? What do you think we should do instead of a cake? And they decided that they would take a watermelon and hollow it out and fill it with fresh fruit. And then um, husband drilled a hole in the rind and put a candle in it. And so that was my birthday cake. Oh, that is just the sweetest. (laughs) I wasn't tempted at all because it wasn't there. It was so, so nice. So other than the whole nutrition thing, we also had to be creative about how, like what we did to celebrate and where normally we would like go out to dinner and, um, be around other people. I decided that we should make a pallet in the living room floor and we should all watch Dr. Doolittle and lay on the pallet together. That's what we did. And it was a really, really great day. Oh, that's awesome. And happy birthday belated birthday. Thank you. 
So recently I asked Joy if she would be willing to talk to us about her journey from passion to paycheck. And a while back, I heard a rumor that once you do your thing for money, the love goes out of it. So I had like a say it ain't so moment. And then I talked to Joy about it. And now that Joy has been in the business for a while, I thought she may um, want to revisit her original take on the subject. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Yay. Yeah, so this is this is actually a topic that you and I have discussed um, a long time ago because it was an early concern that we shared. Um, and we both wanted to pursue our writing passions. We both hoped it would become profitable one day down the road. But as anyone who's attempted to sell creative works knows, it's quite possible to lose the passion on the way to the paycheck. So we both learned this the hard way with our photography businesses. So maybe let's start there just to kind of give a little balance, you know, to what we're talking about before we move into our current endeavors. So what about your photo business dimmed your flash, so to speak? See what I did there? <laughs> yeah, totally got it. <laughs> Well, um, I, I loved and loathed the photography business mm. and I had a wedding photography business for a little over five years. Uh, and I found that I enjoyed the portrait sessions more than the wedding day sessions. And for specific reasons, uh, there was more creative expression in the portrait sessions. So I got to try new poses. I was working off how the couple reacted to each other, letting the muse speak, if you will. But on the wedding day, a lot of the pictures were the same and they had to be the same. They needed that structure because time was limited. So it's like bride and groom, bride and groom with bride's parents, add Brad, bride's siblings, remove bride's siblings, add grandparents, remove parents, etc. So like those were a lot of the family pictures and you had to know what you had already gone through and what was fixing to come next because that could take a very long time time. And generally, this is happening in between the wedding and the reception and the bride and the groom are ready to get to their reception. And so are the rest of the family there, because everybody knows that the sausage balls are gone by the time the family gets there. <laughs> so <laughs> and everybody waiting at the reception is like, we want the cake now. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. They've already gone through the hors d'oeuvre meal and the bride and the groom and the main people that this whole shindig is for hasn't even eaten. But that's a whole nother topic. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the anxiety around the work of the photo shoots and the wedding days, like they heightened as well. So it was like, I continuously wondered what if something happened to the equipment? What if something happened to the disc? What if something happened to the Photoshop? Uh, I didn't have the best quality camera and software. So every once in a while I would lose a picture and that's not the end of the world, but I dreaded losing an entire shoot. Like it was, I would dream, I have nightmares before the actual day of the event of losing an entire shoot and somebody wanting to shoot me. <laughs> so, <laughs> and these, of course, these pictures are of a day that cannot be recreated either. And so losing it would be completely detrimental, not only to my business, but also to the people whose memories that I'm recording. So lots of anxiety there. I had a full-time job in addition to the photography business. So I wasn't able to grow it or invest my time 
in it and my money in it as I would have wished either. So I was dependent on natural light. So working hours were limited. I couldn't work into the wee hours of the morning or get up at five o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning and do this stuff. Like I was tied to the sun. (laughs) My business was stagnating. I was stagnating creatively. So when uh, I was able to replace the income with teaching um, composition English classes in college, uh, I did. I took, I took that opportunity and closed down the, the photography business. But I was then able to move to nature photography and selected volunteer photo sessions. So I was able to keep the things that I loved about photography and just get rid of the things that I didn't. And uh, so that's kind of my photography business journey there. We've talked about this before, so I kind of know that our answers are a little bit similar, but would you add anything to what I've said there? Yeah, well, like you said, it was very similar. Um, I would definitely say the equipment thing for me, too, for sure. I was in the middle of a bridal portrait session when my camera just stopped. I mean, nothing. Thankfully, it was my soon-to-be sister-in-law. She wasn't paying me. It was part of our wedding gift. And we were at the very end of the session. So that was the best part about it. Like, even though it wasn't a paying client, of course, I wanted to make sure that this was done well and done right and everything. Um, The photos were totally fine, but my camera was kaput. And photography is a business with very expensive and temperamental equipment. So Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I think for me, the biggest difference between the photo business and my author business revolves around my clients, so to speak. So with photography, the clients were right there in person. No matter the good, clear communication prior to the shoot or the in-depth planning that I did to ensure my client got the best shots um, possible, at the end of the day, they were the ones really calling the shots. It all depended on their reactions, their interactions, all of these things. Now, I had some clients who totally trusted me. They loved me. They did, you know, they just, they were great. They were an absolute joy to work with. Um, But, you know, and another thing too, I think was my personality. Like I, I was very much more, like I just know these photographers who are so good at just commanding everything. And doing it kindly and well, but they command it. And, like, they are literally running the show. And I was never super good at that. You know, if somebody was like, oh, well, you know what? I don't really want to do that now. I want to do this now. I'd be like, okay. You know, (laughs) and I would just give in. So part of it was my personality. And all the things that were out of control, like you mentioned before, the light and the weather. Here, it, like, Mm. rains all the stinking time. I swear I live in a rainforest. (laughs) It was just so frustrating. Um, And then kind of the uh, icing on the cake, if you will, wedding cake that is, was (laughs) a wedding that I don't like to talk about because the entire bridal party was drunk the entire day. And have you ever tried to take nice, beautiful, memorable pictures of a giant group of very drunk people? I don't recommend it at all. It's the stuff rom-coms are made of. Yes, yes. It would have been, oh, maybe I can actually salvage this into something one day. 
Oh, it was insane. I really have to tell you about that one day off the air. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. So fast forward to 2020. I set up Locus and Mythos Press as an LLC in 2019. Prior to that, I'd been officially building my authorpreneur business since 2017. Um, All along the way in those foundational years, losing my passion as I added those business walls was a nagging concern for me. Now that I've been selling my books for creeping up on a year and putting myself in the public spotlight for more than three years, I can say that that worry has faded away at this point. So um, as I was thinking through this, because I, I wanted to kind of give you some specific things that I could, could, you know, little takeaways for you. So I would credit three adopted habits with retaining my passion, even when receiving a paycheck, however small that might be. or virtually non-existent, (laughs) but getting there. (laughs) All right, so here are the three things. And it's going to sound a little funny at first, but I'm going to explain it as we go. So the first is revisit the fear. The second is eat the elephant. And the third is evaluate stagnation or frustrations. So to revisit the fear, every now and then, when I face an especially challenging time, hello, COVID, blast you, taxes, I do revisit this fear to see how I'm holding up. And I think that that's been an important habit for me. Uh, In some of my very precious quiet alone time when I'm not working, I will think through the the current challenges. Um, I'll admit my annoyance with having to do whatever that thing is or my frustration at having to alter plans or, you know, whatever the case may be. And so I just mentally kind of work myself through um, the issue and its solution or solutions, and then I make a plan to move on. Mm. But I don't move on without revisiting my earlier fear. Are all these necessary evils, so to speak, worth getting to live out my dream? And so far, the answer has been a resounding yes. Um, As an added bonus, when I remember that last little bit, that I am actually living out my dream of being an author, I find myself refreshed to tackle the not-so-fun stuff with a better attitude and complete it in as timely a manner as possible so I can channel my renewed energy back into my passion. All right, so the second thing is eat the elephant. That might sound a little funny, but you know the old proverbial question and answer. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. There you go. All right, I will have to say first that I am blessed with a husband who supports my dreams and my goals. We made the decision long ago to be a one-income family so I could stay home with the kids. And once the oldest was preschool age, I added teacher to my job description as we decided that we were going to continue the one-income lifestyle while I homeschool our kids. Um, Along with this choice, we made as a couple, my husband has always supported me in my freelance work from home because pretty much from the beginning, I I was constantly doing some sort of freelance work. either writing, editing, or the photography part. Um, And then also I would take on some other community roles, um, things, you know, just organizations in our community that I had a big part in. So he's never expected or demanded that I bring in an income, though. Um, And we've lived in this one-income mindset for so long that we've just kind of, I mean, that's, that's just our life. But he would support me when I wanted to do something, paid or free, 
And, um, you know, if that was something that fueled me or benefited our family or our community. But he also understood the small amount of time I had to give with teaching the kids and my other momming responsibilities. And he honestly could understand this better than I did a lot of times. And there were times that he could help me see when a commitment was draining me more than it was benefiting me. Um, so we've really been a team in this. And any guilt in not bringing home the bacon definitely came from me. you know. And I would have those thoughts that would come up and that guilt. But I always had to remind myself of the decisions that we made. You know, this was the choice that we made. And, um, you know, think about the things that I bring to the family because of those decisions. So when it came to deciding to build this business, it was no different in the amount of support and encouragement. And though it hasn't always been easy, we've had our ups and downs uh, with the process and how it affects the family as a whole. They have been and continue to be supportive of these goals. Uh, we discussed them up front, the immediate goals of setting up an online presence and completing a book to publish um, to the five, 10 and 20 year goals, you know, of being profitable, publishing others, becoming a true family run business. So while I have similar time restrictions in some ways to those of you who have a day job outside of the house while you're pursuing your passion, I also have the relief of not having to worry about the financial side of the startup coming from my primary paycheck or a boss peering over my shoulder or something like that. So like even during the day, if I'm teaching the kids, if it's like, oh, I need to go and check my email or I need to send an email or, you know, I can do that. I have, I have that freedom. So thankfully I did have one incredibly providential family gift along with just enough freelance jobs to launch my business and slowly start to build it. Now that I am actually debt-free and consistently selling in this business, however small, I can now implement new strategies and push ahead with more books and more services. I've had a lot of ideas rolling lately that I'm very excited about. Um, just trying to use wisdom to know which things to pursue right now, which to hold on to for later. Um, but anyway, with all of that, uh, I am continuing to move in the right direction. I don't plan to have a full-time paycheck from this anytime soon, I know that, but I have no doubt that by the time I would have been able to bring in a paycheck in the traditional sense, um, meaning once my kids have graduated, I will be actually, and I'll be doing it with something that stirs my soul. So one bite at a time, I will get there. <laughs> so there we go, we've got the first thing was to revisit the fear. The second thing was to eat the elephant. And now my third thing, and this is much shorter and really links back to that first one, evaluate the stagnation or frustrations. Whenever I feel passionless or overly frustrated or just plain outright exhausted, or maybe even stagnant, I evaluate my emotions, I isolate the cause, and then I adjust as needed. Okay, so some examples of this are you know, I had a weekly blog for quite a while. And in just the past couple of months, I've stopped doing that because I just needed to. The blog, honestly, and I knew this the entire time, it was really more for me than anything. Um, it was just an opportunity to put my thoughts and my, you know, ideas and, and just things like that out into the world. So I always knew that it was really more for me. There wasn't a whole lot of ROI, not a lot of return on the investment of my time in this blog. 
Um, but because it was beneficial to me, I knew that I would continue to do it until it didn't make sense. And so with everything crazy going on, it just hasn't made sense for me the past couple of months. So I have set that to the side. Um, and in the same vein is social media. So one of the top things about social media is consistency, right? Just be there and always do stuff like that. And yes, that's true. But I've learned something else about social media. It is extremely forgiving. So you know what? If over the last few months with all the crazy in the world and the draining bit that social media can be on our emotions, um, if you haven't been very involved there, it's okay. Because when you're ready, they're very forgiving. <laughs> and all of a sudden they'll be like, oh, I'm getting more followers. Oh, everybody's being engaging. Okay. It wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> so it's things like that. Um, and just giving myself grace and deadlines and, and things like that. So those are my three things that uh, my habits, I guess I would call them, that have kind of helped me, you know, keep a check on things. I love that you started this whole conversation with our photography businesses, because those are creative endeavors that we did not need to keep. We didn't need to have those, um, those struggles on our plate. And we didn't need to continue in that vein. Now, I gotta say, there was a little bit of a pride hurt whenever I closed up shop for the photography business. It felt a little bit like a failure. But on the other end, as I was processing that pride issue, <laughs> there was so much relief to that as well. Because all of those struggles and all of those things that I talked about in that section, they were gone. They were just gone. And I could enjoy photography again in a, in a different way. And so I knew whenever that relief came that that creative endeavor, that passion was not the one I needed to turn into a paycheck. Did you feel the same way or were you like Absolutely. devastated? I was, I was the same as you. I was, it was a failure, you know, and I had that mindset at first, but then as time went on, I realized it just was not right. And especially I think now beginning this, um, and seeing the difference, uh, yeah. I think that that was, that was a huge help in understanding. So our situations are a little different since you have a full-time away from home job. And I know that mm -hmm. you've got a fantastic perspective to share because we've chatted about it before. Yeah. It's really easy whenever you have a full-time job that's not inside of the home and it's working to build somebody else's business or working to build somebody else's dream that it's, it's really easy for your mindset to just really plummet and become a big like anger, bitter ball. And that's what is the big fight for me. I can totally understand how you can kind of slip into the pit of despair, if you will. So um, I have to understand that my growth of my author business is going to be slow and recognizing that it will be slow is really imperative. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really have a choice to be. Um, I can only deny myself so much sleep before the creative parts of my brain refuse to play nice. In fact, there is an actual scientific study that says that creativity is the first thing to go if you don't get your proper amount of sleep. So, and that I can sense. attest to that. Yep. <laughs> so, 
I bet you can too. Absolutely. Uh, so I hold precious the time that I get to work on my stuff and I do like a hokey happy dance when I get to binge on my creative endeavors. But this journey doesn't get an instant gratification level. It's just not an option whenever you are in a traditional full-time business. And I don't think it really gets an instant gratification level, even if it's the only thing that like, it might be faster than me, but it's still going to take time and a ton of effort. So instant gratification and creative endeavors don't really go well together. So recognizing that it's going to be slow, especially if you have a traditional job away from home where you can't work on your things is a good thing to do. Um, the next thing other than recognizing that is to be okay with that. And that's total mindset. Um, recognizing the fact and being okay with it, they're, they're, they're paired together. They are one in the same necessary parts of this. So I have to remember that I'm working for a reason and that this is just as important as the reason why I write. So my reasons for working are my family. My family needs this, needs me this way right now. So the insurance that my kids have, I can take them to the doctor because I'm working this job. So remembering the reasons why you're working a traditional full-time job is really important too, because those things are important. Yes, your creative endeavors are important. Yes, they fill you and your needs and your creative self so, so well, but you also have made a commitment to your family. If you are doing this for your family, whatever your reasons why, you know, and if you don't have good reasons why that might be something that you need to consider in another way. But if you are determined to keep your traditional job, you really have to make sure that your mindset is in the right place. Also, because of my limited amount of time, I know that writing is important to me because I still find ways to do it, to learn about it, to podcast about it. Uh, I am resolved and I'm not bitter. I'm learning about humans at my full-time job, not having a pity party about being there. My eyes are open. I am curious. And occasionally I even get book fodder, which is really great too. That is the best. So isn't it? It is good because you know what, what are we doing this whole creative endeavor for if we're not trying to learn about the human experience um, or express some part of the human experience? So, so recognize that it will be slow. Um, be okay with the fact that it will be slow. And then also resolve to appreciate your day job. That goes with the mindset too. So all of it is about my mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> I am able to fund my learning and all, all, all of my creative endeavors actually, because I have this job. I get to write when I have a moment, like on my lunch breaks and stuff. So I actually do get to spend some time during the day, whether it's 30 minutes or so, um, or an hour and write and create I am relieved of a bit of financial burden because I have this day job and I can fall back on that. I'm not dependent on, um, on making money out of this, which actually gives me a little bit of breathing room to design this business the way that I hope and, the, and with my priorities in mind. So I know that I want to produce more work. Uh, I want 
and I'm, I do love teaching as well. And teaching is a part of the whole QWERTY Writing Life brand. And we love that. But I do want to be a writer who teaches, not a teacher who writes. And I think that that's really important to identify in yourself. Like, what do you want to be? And if you are tying these things to financial needs, then it will be really it will be really hard to overlook the fact that you make more money as a teacher than you do as a writer, especially when you're starting out. And I get to I get to know that this is a part of who I am because I have this full time job. I get to know that this is where my passions actually lie without it being tainted, without that opinion being tainted by financial burden. That's so good. Okay. And I think that that's something I and mean, the whole mindset thing is so important with every bit of this. Yes. And finally, in the resolve to appreciate my day job, I can witness where my fortitude is. I didn't know that I had the ability to succeed in such personal challenges. There's no reason other than just pure passion that I should want to write after the kids go to sleep because it's been a full day. I've already worked one job. I've already been the mom. I've been the wife. I've been the chef. I've been the house cleaner. <laughs> like I've already been all of these things. So why would I want to add one more label to that? Why would I want to add one more aspect to my day? And it's just pure passion. And to be able to challenge yourself and to succeed in those challenges. And no one's more surprised than me. <laughs> and that might be that I don't think so highly of myself. And that's, that's another mindset thing that I might need to address at a later date. <laughs> but I mean, we wrote a book, we have a podcast, I'm doing things that I've always wanted to do, but I didn't think that I would be able to do. And because we've, we've set these challenges before us, because I've set these personal challenges before me, I have surprised myself with my fortitude. <laughs> so, and I wouldn't have known that, you know, if I would have not had the challenge of a day job as well. If you're looking like you're losing the passion, my best advice for you is to check your mindset be reminded of Joy's I Get To post, and we'll link to that uh, in the show notes. And this, this I think about this often, actually, since she's said it on the podcast, and I think she also wrote an actual blog post about it. But this I Get To mindset is just so much different than the sulky, like self-pity party thing that I've been in um, before. And it's the fact that I get to work for my children so that they have health care that they need. Um, I get to practice my creative endeavors when I have a moment. Um, I get to choose to Netflix binge or write. I get to, or I get to not. Like that choice in there is kind of a big deal. You don't have to do any of this. But if you want to, that's a different story. That's where passion is. So that's what I got. And I think we're ready for a QWERTY challenge now, Joy. Okay. So do you worry you might lose your passion if you try to turn it into a paycheck? 
jot down some habits you think might help you avoid losing that loving feeling. <laughs> and feel free to use ours, the things that we've kind of made our habits or our things that we kind of go to, um, or come up with your own. Has this actually happened to you before, like with us and our photography businesses? Reflect on the why. Like, why did that just not work? Determining the answer to that could help you as you move forward in a creative career again. And then also, I think it would be a good idea to do a little soul searching. You know, consider a mindset shift. Is this something that you need right now? Do you need to switch your gears from I have to, whether you have the day job or you have the family responsibilities or you have whatever, do you need to switch those gears from I have to to I get to and kind of rethink your whole entire responsibility? And as you are going through all the pros and cons of turning your creative passion to a paycheck. And if you decide that this is the passion that needs to be a paycheck, then the mindset thing, establishing that right offhand, like knowing what the pitfalls are that we talked about and being able to go ahead and have a plan to combat those is going to be a really cool thing to have in place if you are new to this area of the creative process. So we hope you have a great week doing all of that stuff. <laughs> we hope that you have a little fun and find some ways to be creative too. Yes. And if you have any questions or want to talk about something specific, please feel free to email us at editorial at logosandmythospress.com. It will also be in the show notes. Definitely. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening until the end. Seriously, you're a trooper. Do you think pretty writing life is the bomb? May, you just said the bomb. Don't you censor me. If you think Cordy Writing Life rocks ice for real, oh my word. please rate, review, and share us with others. If you have questions about this week's episode or want to start a conversation, you can reach us by visiting cordywritinglife.podbean.com. We'll be back next week with more candid chats for you.